Okay, we're going live now. Okay. Hi everyone, and thank you for joining Cybersecurity Career Talks. I have with me Nag Shigali, and uh, he is an identity and access. Any Yes, uh, one second. <clears throat> okay. So there was an echo coming because there was another window open. Okay. Uh, I apologize for that. Um, he's an identity and access management expert. He's been in the fintech as well as FANG uh, companies for the past uh, over 16 years. And uh, he manages the identity access management uh, portfolio for uh, MGM Grand Resorts. Uh, hey, um, Nick, can you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, uh, thanks a lot for inviting me on this forum. Uh, it's my opportunity to provide the background to the industry and my experience in the how I entered here. But just a quick introduction about myself. I over uh, 16 plus 16, 20 years of experience in the IT industry, started my career as a Java developer, um, worked for some of the major financial companies like City, JP Morgan, New York Shock Exchange, and went on to work for uh, Microsoft for a couple of years. And then I recently joined like a year, year, year and a half ago with uh, MGM Resorts International as a VP of Identity and Access Management. If anybody doesn't know, please don't confuse MGM with the MGM Studios. Um, MGM Resorts started with the studios, but we are two different companies. But we manage uh, casinos and then the uh, resorts across the United States. And then MGM Resorts has around 15 plus casinos in the uh, Las Vegas area. Perfect. Uh, before we get started, uh, I would just like to read a brief disclaimer because both of us are doing this just uh, to pay forward and we don't represent our companies. So I would just like to. All right, so the views expressed in this presentation and during this session are the personal opinions of the participants and do not reflect the official policy or positions of their employers. This discussion is a volunteer-led effort to contribute to, the, uh, uh, contribute to the profession and pay forward the many kindnesses and instances of support and guidance that the participants have received in the course of their career. So let's get started. Sure, Nilfa. So if we've uh, done with the introduction, um, I'll just give my brief introduction. I'm Nilofa Tamboli, and uh, I am working for one of the biggest telcos in the US. I am the founder, uh, co-founder of IC Squared New Jersey chapter, as well as IC uh, Step Up Skill, uh, which helps people transition into a cybersecurity career. Uh, and let's get started. So. Uh, Nag, how do you get started in IAM? Suppose somebody wants to uh, start in IAM, what do they do? Sure. So let, let me just give a background of myself, right? 
I did not start my career in the security industry, like a lot of professionals in the security might have started uh, in the security. Um, they might have worked on the SSO or some of the security products, but I started with financial uh, institutions uh, managing their client profitability, revenue model, uh, post-trade applications. Um, till 2013, um, like I was very passionate about what I was doing and very uh, had a very grip about the industry and the domain that I was uh, working on. But in 2013 is when I got an um, opportunity from JP Morgan where they were looking for somebody to manage their investment banks, identity access management uh, department. Uh, most probably uh, what I feel after like 10 years down the line is my ability of having a good knowledge about the industry and then the business that I was supporting in the investment bank really helped me because um, in the sense, identity access management, if you put it in a generic terms, it's all about what, what an identity or what an employee can do uh, with the resources um, that the company <clears throat> is trying to uh, give it to everybody. And as part of my previous role, I had built some, one or the other way I was somehow connected with identity access management. And while building my applications and supporting my applications, always had a thought about how do I make sure that the tools are, or the resources are given to the appropriate people. Back then I had no knowledge about there is an identity access management department, but at least we were trying to manage, oh, if there is a trader, what kind of an access he should have, what data he should be seeing, versus if this is a, a trade desk head or a security head, then what he should be looking at. So I had the knowledge about architecting and building uh, tools and the, uh, technologies specific to the uh, domain and the business that I was supporting. So when I uh, when I went for the interview, I think probably that helped me to have a command over the mastery. I did not know much about the tools at that point in time. Like I didn't use some of the IM tools to integrate with my own applications, but I was not an expert in IM. So that really helped me. So, <clears throat> uh, but then. Once I started at JP Morgan, it was not a smooth journey because even though I had by then like around 15 plus years of experience, around 10 to 15, um, managing a large scale team, I wanted to make sure that I am not somebody who joined a large team just as a manager, but I always liked learning about the technologies. Um, thanks to coming to the New York. So I used to get almost like a two hours one way. So I used that time to go through the videos and then spend that time in learning and understanding what I and them domain in deep, and then what are the vendor products, and then how the solutions are being built, and then I could start correlating that with the general life. How large the uh, identity access management domain itself? Because what we are talk talking now is a workforce identity access management. But if you um, put everything into perspective, anything that we see digitally is an identity in the internet, uh, whether it's a workforce identity or it's a consumer identity or any of the devices that we use today, everything is considered an identity. So in the next 10 years, identity is going to be a huge industry because we need to, like one is technology is growing, we can't stop like, oh, let's not do this or let's not do that. Uh, the industry is going to grow with the IoT devices and then uh, our ability to operate within the internet domain. But with that, we need to have um, someone who is able to monitor. And that's going to be identity access management uh, domain experts would be involved in making sure that uh, how it is. So 10 years down the line, uh, I don't have a regret because when I was making a shift from finance industry to security, uh, also within the identity, not many people were really aware of this, what it is. 
and like a lot of colleagues of mine we are like are you are you sure that you are making the right decision because i was moving from the trading business to a security business sure sure and uh, there's no looking back right oh there is no looking back <laughs> because when i look back uh, just the uh, security and the identity industry is going to grow larger and larger um, and as i speak now i think uh, everybody might be aware we have 2 million plus open jobs within the cyber security across the uh, globally and around 800k just within the united states sure sure and and another thing what i what i also found was that uh, you seen the latest uh, verizon dbir report which has put stolen <coughs> threads even above everything else so sto- so if stolen threads are a problem it means that you know identity like all those will have to be reset and and like probably there's some kind of a problem going on coming back to somebody who's like trying to start off what are basic skills like maybe they need to know basics <clears throat> just to understand like everything else like obviously we talk about but um, active directory ldap uh, what else so yeah so active directory ldap is a beginning in the workforce um, identity space but let me let me uh, let me step back and then give the uh, background about what an identity is like we all understand a literal meaning of english meaning of uh, an identity identity is who i am and wh- like who or uh, what i am right mm-hmm. so that's what we are trying to understand and if i put that into the um um like internet or a digital domain perspective so one like there are two big industries one is the workforce identity and then second is the consumer identity so when i say workforce an identity given to an employer a contractor if you are a student an uh, identity given by the university so in that case the identity is managed by the employer or the uh, institution that is hiring you or inviting you and then there is a second set of identity that is the consumer identity like my uber account my lift account uh, amazon account these are all consumer uh, based identities so um, at a very high level these are two big industries um, like institution that is uh, i think yeah, there no. was an equal yes this yes okay so th- those are the two big industries so i want people to understand uh, before entering into the identity access management uh, like uh, have a very generic um, or common sense knowledge about if i am a customer if i am creating an account online with any of the service providers so that itself i am creating an identity so what do i care about uh, like my identity like whom that customer can, whom that enterprise can share my um, information or credentials so that has become a big thing uh, in today's life like gdpr california act and all of that so when we shift the gear back to the workforce identity so in case of workforce identity how do i make sure that we are protected uh, workforce ident- uh, <clears throat> identity and the credentials for what resources they have an access to because if you go like a 10 year 10 to 15 years back we all believed that having the very strong firewall around the ne- uh, companies a network protected all of the resources but post covid everything uh, everybody moved uh, remote and with the remote comes a big challenge of how do i make sure that my employees access is uh, streamlined they do not have challenges at the same time i am protecting their access and then they have access to one thing what they should be uh, having to so ldap uh, active directory was a past like around 20 years still they are relevant but it's not that um, that is the only thing there are a lot of things which we are talking today uh, how do i make sure that uh, we protect um, everything 
without putting too many restrictions. That is something in the uh, path of going to zero trust, uh, zero trust security. So zero trust is the concept. There is no vendor solution or product. If somebody comes and tells me that I have solved a problem for a zero trust, I don't really believe because a journey for zero trust varies from company to company, depending on where they are. And a lot of large organizations, uh, they are like built with the LDAP, Active Directory, a lot of legacy things. So from the identity perspective, we should have in mind, how do I make sure that I protect my legacy infrastructure as well as a lot of the workloads that we have put it into the cloud. And to your question, like uh, what are the, some of the entry-level jobs? Um, like if I'm looking from the engineering perspective, it could be I am a junior engineer, a security cloud administrator or uh, security uh, cloud uh, developer, um, customer identity engineer, and another uh, division that I did not really touch is a privileged uh, identity access management. So one, I sp uh, spoke about the workforce identity, but then there is a, uh, there comes a privileged identity. So privileged identities are those which provides you an additional access to an employee beyond their standard user account. So what that means is you might be an admin or you might be a DBA, or you have a certain elevated access to perform uh, something that all the standard users in the organizations do not have like creating a computer, creating a database, updating the databases. So it's very important to make sure that we make a differentiation between the standard user access and the privileged identity, because a um, lot, of, lot of the times the standard user accounts are not well protected by the employees. So it's a, like, we need to come uh, think through how do I make sure that if I'm checking my email, I click something, something could get installed. So that all should be locked down. And as part of my job, if I'm supposed to go and uh, start a database or like install a patch or something. So at that point in time, my standard access should be elevated to do that specific job with what I need to do. Like if you if you have seen some of the uh, supply chain attacks or some of the most recent attacks, the way the, those attacks happened was um, culprits basically uh, somehow got the access to a standard user, probably users had leaked or for whatever the reasons, they had an access to the standard user access. Once they sneaked into the company network, they were able to figure out privileged access and then crawl all the way to the uh, direct um, AD uh, domain control root access. From there, they could uh, really harm the overall company, right? So um, keeping that in mind, um, we need to be aware of what the privileged access and there are a lot of uh, job opportunities even within the privileged access management. Sure. Uh, thanks. That that's that's great. Uh, so so you touched upon a lot of stuff. You touched upon legacy. We are talking about like how are we going to connect that? So maybe something like federation, how that takes place. The the products in that space, privilege access management, say CyberArk or Beyond Trust or whatever. And every product has their own certifications, etc. Right. Um, when when somebody like you described, right? There are like junior roles. So somebody maybe fresh out of college or maybe somebody who is um, interested in now getting into the this thing. I'm not talking about somebody who has got like a few years behind on different uh, domains in IT or something, but uh, an entry level resume, what should they include? So which will like really um, in like you'll like decide on inviting them for an interview. <clears throat> So uh, one thing about the resume, right? So be honest with what you put in the resume because just don't try to um, uh, like copy whatever is there in the job description and mimic that into the um, resume because 
one, it's very hard to find a cybersecurity professionals. And the person who is trying to interview is really looking for somebody who has that knowledge. If not, then they are ready to train, but don't give a false impression that you know everything because it's very easy to uh, like, uh, like if you're not able to answer certain things, it's very easy for them to catch up of that, right? So one advice is be honest with what you know and what's your understanding on the security itself because, and very specific to the identity access management, identity access management is a uh, pillar within the cybersecurity itself. Um, any of the cybersecurity uh, courses would have a, um, one topic on identity access management. So getting any of the cybersecurity uh, certifications um, and include them is a good thing, like um, CISSP, uh, CompTIA. CompTIA, is, I, I've seen a lot of um, uh, new entrant trying to take the CompTIA Security Plus, those certificates are, um, there is an institution called Identity Management, uh, Identity Management Institution, they offer a lot of certifications. So they start with a lot of basic things, like what did identity uh, governance and administration? Um, and it's not very hard topic to understand. So when we say identity access and governance, we are talking about how do I make sure that I add an identity, forget about the tools that we use. We can talk about the tools and the certification that comes with the tools, but getting the basic uh, general knowledge of the industry and the domain itself really helps. And I can put up, uh, give the links to some of the trainings, uh, but understanding, learning through those trainings, uh, what you learn in those cybersecurity uh, generic programs helps. And some of the vendor specific trainings are like, um, uh, like the lot of large vendors, uh, they do have their own um, certifications. Microsoft has, uh, Microsoft has invested heavily in the last three to four years. Uh, what I read is I think they're investing like almost 10 billion a year just on the security. And uh, Azure uh, AD is one of their core pillars, but just uh, don't go with a Microsoft, like um, all the vendor products are great. Um, it depends on the organizations based on their need, what products they provide, but the concepts in all of those, at least the first few chapters in those certifications, when you start taking, uh, they all talk about the basic uh, knowledge about the identity, how to protect, how to govern, when to uh, give an access to whom it should be. So if you're looking from the Microsoft perspective, Microsoft offers um, identity access administrator associate, um, identity access, Microsoft identity access administrator. And there is a, another competitor for Microsoft, which is Okta, a lot of people might have seen. Um, they are the leaders in the uh, consumer identity space. Uh, they offer uh, two certifications, one for workforce identity certifications and the customer identity certification. And in the IGS space, uh, SailPoint, CVNG, um, forge drop, ping, and there are multiple vendors. Uh, but um, just from the, uh, we use SailPoint at our place. I use SailPoint for a couple of years. Doesn't mean that SailPoint is the only product. Uh, but in the SailPoint, uh, SailPoint provides uh, two certifications again, IIQ and then Identity Now. IIQ is their on prem solution, which is like a legacy. Um, Identity Now is their cloud solution. But technically, both of them start with the same concepts and then when you go deep, they start changing the paths. And on the PIM-PAM space, CyberArk, Beyond Trust, Thicotic, these are the vendors, and all of them uh, have those um, basic certification that we can all try. And just giving the perspective from myself, um, till 2019, 2020, uh, after my graduation from his name, way back in like a 99, I did not spend much time in learning because I was just focused on my career. So when I was JP Morgan, I started feeling that I need to take some certifications. Uh, I, that is when I made a move to Microsoft. 
And then there, um, as part of my job, there are a lot of opportunity for me to learn. And I did like almost three to four uh, certifications. It wasn't easy. It was not like I just click on buttons and then I get the certifications. I spent a lot of weekends in the night hours, but I was able to get the certifications. So it's just a time that we need to allocate and then um, interest to love that industry that gives you, okay, what next? And that motivates to get the certification, then uh, hunger to learn. So that's what I um, say it is very important. Yes, yes, definitely lifelong learning in our right. business. Yep. We can't uh, effort to like, um, because everything that we learned today is like going to be probably, you know, replaced by something different. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, coming back to just, I want to pro provide people with what kind of roles. So there are systems integrators or like people who will implement a product for you. So there are jobs with those and those could be like, regular jobs those could be like contracts that you work work with those uh, vendors who will come and implement something then there is something where you are going to be a end user role where uh, somebody like your company right you, you need right. people in your identity what else am i missing what what other kind of like organizations and what kind of roles that people could uh, be aiming for so um i think it's a very large industry now cybersecurity has really expanded and yeah, with cybersecurity identity also very big um, domain now. All of the big four uh, consulting companies have the a very uh, focused practice on the identity access management, Deloitte, PwC, KPMG, Accenture, all of that have a huge um, practices within the identity access management. Um, identity access management broadly can split into three, um, from the job perspective, you can split into three departments. One is the development of the engineering department, uh, I'm not talking about the products that the vendors build. So that's uh, they cover that as a part of the software engineering because you need to have a very specific uh, uh, programming language to build those products. Once those products are built, like CyberArp or um, Beyond Trust, uh, SailPoint, uh, then what we need is an engineer who can customize according to the um, the company uh, requirements or the use cases. So that I put it into the uh, engineer or a configurator uh, kind of a roles. And then there is another department uh, which does the management or the operations part of it. So operations could be um, onboarding an application, onboarding the accounts. Uh, then um, as part of the operations, uh, still everything is not automated. That's a huge uh, opportunity for uh, within the identity space, but there are a lot of accounts which are created manually and that's managed by the identity security administration department. Um, so that department focuses on giving an access to the resources based on what they're asking. Then third comes the compliance in the audit department. So compliance department is all about, okay, I understand the business. I also understand the identity um, domain space. Now, how do I write a policy? Uh, when I say policy, uh, which is basically, if you are a, a if you take a bank as an example, uh, teller cannot be um, like, if you are an uh, approver, then you cannot, uh, if, you are, uh, if you are submitting an invoice, you cannot approve the same invoice. That's a conflict of interest. We call it a segregation of duties. So that falls into the uh, segregation, uh, um, compliance department. So, the comp uh, so you have an opportunity like with a business in, uh, knowledge, you could be best situated if you have a security mindset in the business, uh, that's another opportunity where you can take your business knowledge and then come and be a, um, on the business side, how do I write a segregation of duty policies? Or uh, second part is, 
uh, we go through a lot of um, regulations in the audit. So constantly there is a need for us to pull the data and then give it to the audit for review. Um, like who has, uh, like when I talk about the review, the auditors are trying to know what kind of an access NAG has uh, during a given period of time. And they want to make sure that the access that I have is appropriate to my uh, current job role. Um, like if you read about some of the stories like London Wheel or something, a user had a previous access, the access was not re uh, removed. And over the period of time, he used to uh, basically manage his books with the previous access. Um, like companies have paid a lot of heavy fines. So companies are spending a lot of money on the compliance and the audit uh, side as well related to the identity. So this department makes sure that on a periodic basis, they review the access and then certify. And if there is the access that a user should not be having, then um, they make sure that the access is removed. So that's another uh, third department, which is focused on compliance audit. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. So yes, access reviews are like IT auditors have access reviews all the right. time. Um, especially if you are an issuer, means you are listed on the stock exchange and then you have to go through your SOX review. You've got your SOD conflicts and uh, I think various products provide you with that uh, ability to you know check for SOD conflicts. Now, uh, I'll just like um, two minutes on what we're talking about. So the basic concept is that the custody of an asset the uh, accounting for it and the recording of it should not be with the same person. So basically to make sure that you cannot buy something and then you cannot approve it and then you cannot like then appropriate it or misappropriate it. So that is like the basic concept of cybersecurity, which is like a segregation of duties. Even before cybersecurity in accounting, this is a basic concept. So I'm just like uh, providing that right. because it, you know, for people to understand what exactly we're talking about. So um, we've touched a little bit, but uh, how important is product knowledge? And can I just like pick a pro product and specialize it in, in, in that, get certified in that, and then work as like maybe a contractor, maybe like with your company? Like, I mean, I mean is, is, how, how, is, is that a good uh, strategy for a person starting out? Oh, definitely. I think um, one is a concept. So first um, have a concept about the domain itself. And then all of the products are built to secure and they're competing in their own ways. But ultimately, all of those products do the same thing. Uh, if you uh, pick one product, let's say Microsoft Identity or Azure AD or Octor's um, sale point. So you start with that and then look out for the opportunities available there. The best uh, way to uh, pick up something is uh, join one of the consulting uh, companies because they do have a lot of practices where they can put you on uh, customer accounts. Uh, that provides you an ability to learn quickly in different use cases. Uh, so start with one product and then slowly you'll start expanding your knowledge. But ultimately, um, like we cannot marry ourselves with technology product because every three years technology has to change. If a technology doesn't change, then that's going to be absolute. So what we have seen in the last 10 years is our technology changes very fast and we should be able to adapt to that. And it's a constant learning process I've mentioned earlier. So um, look up the latest products that are being used by the uh, Fortune 500 companies and then start picking up, pick one product, take a certification. A uh, lot of companies also provide a free training and they're all available on the YouTube. Um, and also if you go to the NIST, uh, they have listed uh, where you can get the training which companies are providing, uh, but yes, uh, definitely like uh, 
pick one product uh, which you you are you feel comfortable um i suggest mostly start if you are very new to this industry start into the consulting space the consulting space gets into two uh, two or three things right one is uh, they have wide practices and each customer has their unique problem to solve so being a contractor uh, you get an opportunity to work on different use cases and then expand your knowledge so once you expand your knowledge then you can join the companies like mgm or others as a full time employees which provides you that okay i worked in um, different uh, customer places uh, which gave me a different uh, exposures based on the use cases then you can take that and go into a company where you can start growing your career okay perfect thanks um we've not touched we've touched upon like different products etc but we've not like uh, what about the cloud because um, aws got iam like the policies the setting stuff um, what is your experience and what about those roles those jobs or how 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 to go about learning those things so um yeah so um we are in a situation we are in the hybrid model right now um anything um that are um born in the cloud all of their resources and assets are in the cloud and um legacy companies um they are all they have started moving to the cloud um there is a huge opportunity uh, just within the cloud and also for a hybrid uh, space like even in my own case right now we are trying to implement how do i secure my assets on prem as well as in cloud and we are coming with a hybrid approach of okay so i need to have a solution from identity perspective which meets both the requirements um like all the three major uh, cloud providers have their own identity solution i just spoke about uh, microsoft identity so, uh, solution which is a uh, azure ad um aws has their own identity uh, solution as well as gcp uh, google cloud also has their own identity so uh, like once you start looking one of the cloud solution the concepts are very similar like how they uh, what they talk about identity what they talk about storage like uh in case of uh, amazon uh, aws they might call it as a s3 buckets but ultimately it's a storage space and they're talking about uh, roles and then the uh, security groups and th- that's the basic concept so start with one cloud and th- there is a huge opportunity because just managing the cloud and then taking that knowledge and then making sure that how do i take my legacy assets because cloud gives a lot of uh, uh ease of use access and then we want to give the similar capabilities for our on prem solutions so um a lot of companies are coming with the solutions which you can take your on prem uh, resources integrate that with cloud and then do the authentication and mfa through the cloud uh, solutions right so there is a huge industry within the cloud identity sure sure so um basically when we talk about the cloud we are uh, like one of the things when you're looking at this this whole industry or this particular domain uh ease of use you you said that right ease of use right so i do not want to be logging into 10000 different things so that is where your whole federation comes into play wherever your assets are how do i share that how do i like so oauth your uh, um, open id connect your so even your like apis right like how are you going to um so so i think it's it's a huge field there is like a lot of specialization that you do and there is a lot of general knowledge that you have which has not changed like when we talking about basic uh, um concepts and uh, this thing how do you uh, start with identity how do you like authorization how do you so that whole life cycle right, uh, right. when you yep. 
like if you look at the uh, our own journey into the security space right so we started with uh, user id initially back in 80s just you had a login id you could basically use it to login then you started coming with the passwords uh, something to verify but that uh, user id password verification happened in the application uh, if you uh, if you started your career back in 80s and 90s uh, we all knew that uh, the passwords are stored in te clear text and we compared okay i entered abcd in the database we verified log entered abcd and then in th that industry started growing and then we started coming with the user id passwords for each and every application today myself i don't remember all the user id passwords i have for all of my accounts so that is where we started coming with the concept as sso but now um, passwords are uh, very weak to break like like the way industry moves there is another industry uh, hackers they also start evolving themselves and it's um, it's not your passwords are not safe anymore even though it is encrypted what is a strong password you say uh, you try to um, come up with still uh, hackers are able to break that so what we are moving towards is passwordless uh, authentication so passwordless is again a mindset where i'm not entering any uh, credentials but we are using our biometric or a device generated certificate which is more um, difficult to uh, crack than a user uh, managed uh, uh, some kind of a text uh, if it could be 8 or 10 or 16 characters but hackers are able to uh, like get through that so uh, like this industry is going to grow like in the last 20 years if you have seen we just started with something what i know as a login id to where we are saying that i want to take all of the user id passwords and i'm going to verify based on your um, biometrics or um, like the device that you carry all the time i use that to authenticate yourself um, so the industry is going to grow and going to transform over a period of time but keeping up with it and then trying to learn what it means and then in the end it's all about how do i make sure we are able to secure the uh, identity that is trying to access a resource in the organization sure sure um now we've come to our uh, last uh, uh, leg of our conversation today uh, so are there any specific and we talked about like product but are there any specific certifications uh, because uh, not everybody who's starting out in um, in, in their um, career uh, can have like a cissp and uh, probably cssp is too wide also so are there any like narrowly focused stuff which says oh yeah it's great to have this certification like say maybe i aws i i don't know i'm just asking you what what are the certifications that you would want somebody to have yeah sure so one is identity management institute certifications um they have a lot of uh, very different certification just to get the identity concept that those certifications vendor neutral and then second definitely uh, microsoft has a uh, um, microsoft azure um, cloud knowledge so i took that uh, it's not much of a microsoft centric but it just gives the cloud knowledge um any of the 101 certifications by microsoft or aws provides you what is a uh, what is a cloud how things are secured within the cloud and you can take the aws identity certification uh, or microsoft um, identity access administrator associate those are uh, very good certifications but provide a very depth knowledge about how microsoft is trying to protect the resources in azure ad and uh, i have done that the first uh, two to three domains or the chapters focus on um, the identity there uh, like the first two domains at least 
focus being generic, not uh, product specific. And then uh, later on, they go very specific with how Microsoft does it in their own cloud space. Um, definitely like uh, getting the AWS certification, Microsoft certification uh, helps a lot. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, last question, um, and probably you've got asked this like 10,000 times, and, uh, uh, do I need to know or learn how to code? Oh, definitely. Uh, like th th there are few um, like uh, compliance in the operations probably you might not need to code, but you want to be a really uh, geek in the identity access management uh, industry, right? You want to know how the protocols work. Um, yes, you need to know how to code uh, because uh, you want to be a very specific. Uh, sometimes you get a vendor product, but you want to go beyond that to customize for your own specific. If you want to be on the engineering part, then definitely you need to know how to code. But if you want to focus on operation side or the audit and the compliance side, yeah, you don't need to code. Okay, so can I can we say that at least learn Python? Oh yeah, so it's learn not Python. anything else. <laughs> yes, learn Python, learn Java. Um, uh, those would be really helpful. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know it's a Saturday and Saturdays are busy, but uh, thank you for taking the time and uh, helping people out. Thanks, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Nilofar, for giving me this opportunity. Have a nice weekend.